Hi, this is Walford Kaufman, and this is the sermon that I'm going to be preaching at Southside Baptist Church in Gaffney, South Carolina, on Sunday, October the 18th. I'm actually doing this the Thursday prior to that, so thank you for allowing me to share with you. I don't know when you'll be able to hear this or see this, but I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles. We're going to look at 1 Samuel 17, verses 45 through 52. 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 52. So the big question I have for you as we look at this Word of God is what giants are taking over your life? Do you need to be a giant killer? Of course, we're going to be looking at David and Goliath and all that happened in that situation. But don't we have a lot of giants in our world today? The politics, I mean, from the local level up to the highest level, all that's going on and accusations and all this. And instead of dealing with the, what we need to be doing in this day and time, and then let's add COVID-19 and then just the ripple effect of all that has there. Our economy up and down, jobs being lost, all that's happening there. And then the, maybe uh, some giants in your life or some stupid decisions. I hope you don't mind me saying that word, but that's what they are. You've made, I have made stupid decisions that still we're paying the price for. So think about it. But here we have David and Goliath. Let's look at that precious word of God. 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. And David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spirit and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. defied. And this day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give you give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with a sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Shaharan road to Gath and Ekron. So there it is, folks. What happened? David and Goliath. Let's pray. Father, as we look at your precious word, we thank you that it's a lesson for us to learn today. For every last one of us, we're like that David. We had that opportunity to fight the giants, not somebody else, not the waiting on somebody to come save us, but that we step out in faith. What we're facing today, Lord, that you will give us strength. It is your battle, Lord, and it's our, it's our opportunity to share the world with the whole world how good you are, how powerful you are. There is a mighty God. 
let us learn. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at this, the first thing that we see about David is that he stepped into battle with victory in his heart. With victory in his heart, not victory in his hands, really not even victory in his mind. It was victory in his heart. See, all it took was for David to hear the filth coming out. Y'all know the story about David. He's there. His dad said, go take care of the boys, those brothers, take them some food. And so he went down there. He's basically, you know, here's the food. But he hears this man, this giant of a man, come out. And basically that filth that came from his, uh, from his own mouth was that attacking God. Not putting down the people, you know, calling them names, but calling down and, and insulting God. David got riled. He got riled. And so he wasn't going to let that happen. He knew that God wouldn't tolerate that either. So we need to realize, though, in fighting these battles, choose the right battles. I so, I'm so disappointed in people that can get into all kind of battles and fusses and discussions, as may might call it, on Facebook and, and all this, and they start attacking each other. Is that worth it? We need to be going after Satan. We need to be going after the battles that Satan has put into our world today. But instead, we're hurting each other, so choose the right battles. Let's see, fighting Goliath, that was only part of the battle. You got to remember this. It all, see, he had to fight his own brothers. Look over in verse 28, if you've got your Bible there. And we'll look at that, what happens there. And when Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. So he's not even got to Goliath yet. And he's having to battle his own brother, his own family. See, when you fight for the Lord, there's always going to be people. And usually it's those who are closest to you that do this. They remind you of your past. They remind you of the problems. And yes, you could have been a pest. You could have been a problem in the past. But God's going to use you in a mighty way. And so God can use you. See, you might have failed in the past. You might have been the most pitiful husband, pitiful wife. You know, you, you did not ever make it in the top ten list of the best mother or father in the past. But God can forgive you and give you new chances, new opportunities. Um, I hope this is not going to upset you, but this church, we actually have divorced deacons. That's right, divorced deacons. And somebody said, well, you know, you don't need to have that. That means folks that have that one wife and all this. I found out something. God forgives. God forgives. And what we try to do is find out why they went through a divorce. And I found out there are some men who have been broken they made terrible mistakes. They were the ones at fault, not the wife. They were the fault. But God changed them. God saved them, and God is using them. Sometimes, I want to tell you something, it's those deacons that have been divorced that sometimes are the best ones I can call on and say, I need you to go talk to this family. They're thinking about separating. They're thinking about going through a divorce. And they can go in there and say, I want to tell you something, it hurts, and the pain, and the struggle that goes on. 
Yes, David might have not been the best brother in the past, but God was going to use him in a mighty way. But see, he had to battle his own brother. And then we see David had to fight Saul, the king. Look at verse 33. And Saul replied, You are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. And he has been a fighting man from his youth. Oh, think about that. He had to fight the king. But remember this. This was the king's army that was standing there. Here was a, basically a boy, young teenager. I mean, he's small in stature and all this. He is standing there with the best trained army that Israel could have. He's watching them do nothing. He's watching them do nothing. This king, that was his army. He had trained them and they were doing nothing. And so here comes this little punk. Here comes this outsider. Here comes this unknown that wants to do something new. One of the biggest giants that we need to kill in the church of today, and it's really been around for a long time, is when we hear things like this. Well, we've never done it that way before. See, that army of Israel, they had only gone against other armies with the javelin and the spear and all this and that, that sword. That's all they had before. But here comes a young man that's going to do things totally different. And so uh, we need to make sure that when we have new people come to our church, when we have young people growing up in our church, that we never use those giant sayings. Well, we've never done it that way before. We've always done it this way. God might be wanting to do something new. That's what he did with David. That's why he did what he did with David. He used a new technique to take down a giant. There's a giant called Satan out there, sin out there, that we need to be battling. And maybe it's going to take some new things. And David represented that. So that's the battle. But also, depend on the right armor. David tried on that armor, the king suggested. You know, the armor, armor of the Israelite army. He was a boy, a young man. He wasn't fit. And see, when we're fighting the giants of today, uh, and they're different. I mean, or they seem to be more of them. Maybe it's because of social media. We know more about what's going on today and all this. But we need to be fighting in a different way. And so think about church. Church, well, you know, how we fight Satan, we have a worship service, everybody comes, sits in a pew, and they get blessed, hopefully, and go out and do nothing. Maybe we need to be training more, equipping more, getting out in the world more. See, if David had just stayed in that camp of the Israelite army, he would never been able to challenge Goliath. So we need to be reminded there's giants out there. So we need to be fighting today. And then he put on the armor of God. He put on the armor of God and we praise him for that. See, God is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Remember uh, when the wars in the Middle East started, what, about 1990, I believe? Uh, could have been early, but you know, when these armies uh, uh, in a different land... And they had to change things because, see, most of those uniforms, the army, that green, you remember the tanks were green? 
And next thing you know, they're having to, those camouflage type colors that would fit in the desert, that tan color, that brown color. I remember seeing many uh, armored vehicles travel by train and seeing how they had converted those colors over. And so all that was going on there. And so uh, we need to be reminded, righteousness always triumphs over unrighteousness. Righteousness always triumphs over unrighteousness. David truly believed that the righteousness of God lived out even in a young boy was still better than the unrighteousness that was being lived out by that giant. See, two different... Here's the righteousness of God. That means God is in control. He is perfect. He, his will is perfect. All that's going on there. Here was the unrighteousness. All that perverted the things of God. See, we're powerful today because of the righteousness of God. See, that unrighteousness scared a whole army. But the righteousness of God empowered, un, I mean, just empowered David to go and to serve. See, self-confidence is no match for God's confidence. Self-confidence is no match for God's confidence. See, Goliath had all the self-confidence he thought he needed. I mean, they said he was around nine foot tall. Nine foot tall. He had the confidence in a bronze helmet that fit over his head. He had a coat of armor that would take care of over his shoulders, the back there, and down his chest, protecting the, the vital organs and all that he carried. And he also had the protection over his legs. And then they say that he had a, a, a bronze javelin uh, and then also a spear. And they said that spear, uh, the, the rod on that, the handle on that, I guess you would call it, was like a weaver's um, rod. I mean, very thick. And they said the point, the point that would go into a person weighed 15 pounds. You go and get you three bags if they make them five pounds a piece, but get 15 pounds and just pick it up. Just think of that with a point being able to be thrown toward probably several people at a time it would go through. He had all the confidence in the world in those things, but David's confidence was in God. It was in God. You know, I am thankful that I live in the United States of America. It is a wonderful country. I'm glad that we have our, uh, our military. I appreciate all that they do, our military, our economy. Yes, the stock market might do up and down, but you just think about it. We can still take money out of our billfold and go to the store or put credit card, whatever it may be. And then our hospital system, even in some of the poorest counties, we still have health care of some kind. All this, but I want you and, I, and me too be reminded of this. Our confidence is not in the things of this world, not in things of our country, not in things that we've done. Our confidence is in a mighty God. In a mighty God. And then we see that He refused to be anyone else but Himself. That's the wonderful thing about David. He refused to be anyone else but Himself. Uh, how many of us are trying to fight battles? Uh, you know, trying to be somebody else. Well, you know, I read this book by this writer and I, I heard this sermon and, you know, I've got a fellow I work with and, you know, he just, uh, oh, he just loves the Lord and, and you know, and that, they're your heroes. 
And it's great to have heroes of the faith. Always have heroes of the faith. But you're not to be that person. You're to be the hero of faith in your own life. See, those people did not become heroes of faith by copying somebody else. They did it by being themselves in the Lord. God has created you. And you say, well, He created a mess. No, we added a mess. He created you to be a child of His. So walk in faith. Learn and all. But see, real heroes of faith are not heroes until they step out in faith. That's supposed to be you. That is supposed to be you. It's not the church folks. It's not your Sunday school class. It's not your prayer group. It is you that are to take a step of faith. It's hard, isn't it? Are you still waiting for somebody else to take the step of faith and then you copy them? That's kind of what happened That this. You see that? The, the army of Israel and Judah... Sitting around all, what, 40 days, my understanding. 40 days just waiting. And here comes this little kid. He takes down a giant, and then they start to go running. Well, I'm kind of glad that David did what he did. But why couldn't they have done it? Why couldn't some of them have done it? No, they waited to one. See, we need to be that one that takes that step of faith. See, he refused to be anyone else but himself. In doing this, remember this, Goliath thought he was better than he was. Goliath thought he was better than he was. He was a big man, nine foot tall. But scientists and doctors and all, they really believed that he had uh, a, a disease, a deformity uh, called acromegaly, acromegaly. A-C-R-O-M-E-G-A-L-Y. Look it up. Look it up. Google it, as they say now. It was a disorder. The pituitary gland. Pituitary gland. I get it right in a second. What probably messed up in his body, what happened was that pituitary gland would work to access in all this on growth hormones. It just pumped those growth hormones into his body. And what it would do is push his body up to an unhealthy height. That's what was going on. But the symptoms, now listen to this. Here's the symptoms that come from that particular disorder. It brings on arthritis. It brings on compression of the optic nerve in the eye. And then fatigue. He could be a giant of a man. But think about this. This giant of a man who scared off the, the army of Israel. This is what happened. This is what was going on with him. He could not move that fast. He could not move that fast. He could not see very far. He, he probably could see some object moving toward him, but he really could not see David until he got up real close to him. And see, any battle of any length for that, that giant of a man, Goliath, he'd have become very fatigued. So in other words, if just a few of those guys would have come out and surrounded him and kept him moving, he'd probably just fall to his knees. He wouldn't have the strength to do it. But they thought, they thought he was invincible. David looked and said, that's just a man. That's just a man. 
How about the giants that you are such of in fear of right now? Think about the things that you're worrying about. The things that, uh, that just have stopped your whole life. I mean, you have closed down your life because of a giant. Look at it carefully. That giant has a weakness. That giant has a problem. And it can be conquered through God. Through God. You just need to boldly step out in faith. See, David worked with his weakness. David worked with his weakness. See, he knew he didn't have the strength to take a big old sword. I mean, I'm not even talking about Goliath. I'm talking about the sword from the Israelites. He didn't have the strength to carry all that on his frail body. I don't say frail, but small body and all this. He worked what he had. He knew he could not hit that giant from a distance. That's why the Scripture says that he got up closer. He went to the battle line, and then he let that rock go a-flying. He worked with his weakness. See, a lot of you are saying right now, I, mean, I bet you can list right now all your weaknesses. I mean, I mean you got your weaknesses all lined up, and then you say, but oh, look over here. I don't have any strength in this. Thing. I, I'm so weak. I, look at my weakness in it. See, God doesn't even say, look at your strength. He said, forget about your strength. I want to work in your weakness. So there goes your excuse right out the door. Right out the door. God works in your weaknesses. Because when He works in your weaknesses, guess what? He gets all the honor. He gets the glory, not you. So that's what we need to be reminded of. We need to turn over our weaknesses to the Lord. Now this is the time I would give an invitation. And I know we're doing it in this way, but if you've made a decision to trust the Lord, let me know. But I want you, right now in this part of the invitation, I want you to write down all your weaknesses. Go ahead and list it. You can... If you're watching this on your phone or a TV or whatever, just go ahead and click. And I want you to list all your weaknesses. And then at the end, say, and Lord, I give them all to you. If you made a decision, trust the Lord. If you want to rededicate your life or you just need some prayer with somebody, please let me know. My name is Walford Kaufman. I'm a pastor at GaffneySouthside.com. That's my email. Pastor at GaffneySouthside.com. All lower letters. Or you can even uh, text me or call me. My cell phone number is 864-812-0073. That's 864-812-0073. But what I'm going to do in the sermon in, in the, our Family Life Center on Sunday... After the invitation, I'm going to ask this question. How many other battles did David win with one stone? That's an interesting question, isn't it? How many other battles did David win? See, David, that opportunity, that situation, led by Almighty God, he used one stone, one hit, one giant down. But from then on out, he used other tools. He led armies. See, David became a giant killer 
But what he did was, he led his men, he led his people into fighting battles. He led armies, he led a nation. And you know, the only time that he really, really messed up bad, you remember that? And we always say David and Bathsheba. You know what happened in that situation? You know what happened in that particular situation? He did not go out to lead the army. He sat back home, he drifted with his eyes, and he committed sin. If he had been out doing what he was supposed to do, he would not have been in trouble. So be reminded that David, that stone, that's one time. But he learned, he trained, he developed, he developed others. And so you as a believer, be reminded of that. There's more battles, but there's more techniques too. It's trusting God in all this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for giants. Giants that really sometimes scare us. Sometimes we might live in a little fear, but those giants are to teach us to trust you even more. Let us do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, for you church folks that are watching this, uh, let me just share uh, next few minutes uh, a prayer needs of our church. Uh, continue remember Gene Henderson as he's been in the hospital with COVID-19. I want to remember Matt Clary as he's recovering from knee surgery. And Mary Haynes is having some medical tests along with Roxanne Haynes. Alan Love has a, a lung cancer and won't lift him up. Roger and Judy Childers have COVID-19. Dwayne Hamrick is having some uh, medical tests. Lift him up in prayer. Lori Marinucci with a broken arm. Uh, Bobby Smith is uh, recovering from uh, elbow and wrist surgery. Uh, I want to remember Bonnie Crocker. And then Jerry Sellers with his infection. Beth Ellis is starting today. That's Tuesday uh, on the 15th uh, with a, a new treatment for rheumatoid arthritis. And then uh, continue to lift up Benny Hodges, that's Tony Gates' brother. Uh, Jesse Lee Harris, this is uh, Ricky and Kay Pearson's great-grandson, has bronchitis. And uh, there's many other names. Pray for me, Walford Kaufman, that's right. I'm going to be having hernia surgery on Monday, October the 19th. So I'm going to skip a week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what doctors actually say is to rest for a week. And so do, uh, do lift me up in prayer. Uh, next Sunday morning, uh, not the, what is it, not the 18th, but the last Sunday month, uh, I'm going to have a special guest speaker in for that day. And that's going to be Mark Robertson. That's right, Mark's going to get a chance to preach again. And he's looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing him. And so I hope you understand, skip a week with this, but be in prayer for all the things going on with our church family. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your healing touch. Thank you for how you're blessing in so many ways. And Lord, especially all these that are fighting COVID-19, continue to give them strength. And Lord, thank you for bringing them through this. And we're going to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Lord bless you, and we'll see you next time.